What's up? What's up? Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Hope you're enjoying the podcast here at the Son of Man Show. Today's um, topic is going to be on uh, the false prophet and AI. Okay, so I'm not saying for 100% sure whether or not I think this is going to be the false prophet or not, but I think that it may have some kind of relevance to um, the mark of the beast and or what it will become and also the image of the beast that was able to go kill people who would not worship the beast. I'm going to draw your attention to some things you might not know about how AI is being implemented in algorithms uh, with deep learning programs in other countries. And what's sad is, is that most of these things that are being used already in other countries were developed here in the United States, in California, and in, um, I think it's Massachusetts. I'm not positive on that, not 100% sure, but it's in one of the tech schools. It's in the IT uh, department. But these algorithms and these AIs are being developed over here and being tested out in other countries abroad. So uh, we, you don't get a lot of media coverage on this stuff. And uh, I thought I would bring your attention to it. And I think that it may have something to do with the false prophet, the beast system, and the image of the beast that will be made. Um, the first one, um, all of these materials are sourced, pretty well sourced. Um, you can find them anywhere online if you if you try to dig it up. The first one I'm going to talk about today, which is I thought was kind of cool, actually, but it's kind of scary how it could be used and how some say it is being used. Um, and this is in China. It's called the Dragonfly Eye. Now, I know that sounds weird. It's a weird name. What it does is it is an AI um, with an algorithm that is able that uses facial recognition. And it's it's said to be able to identify two billion faces of people in less than a second. So I want you to think about that. Think about being in a crowd of people, and I mean a huge crowd of people. We don't feel like we get noticed very much when we're out there in public, especially when we're kind of mingling around with all these other people, especially at huge events like sporting events and stuff like this. But these these cameras or this AI uses cameras in order to track everybody all at the same time. Think about that. Two billion faces being identified per second in less than a second. Um, China already uses this. It's already implemented. It's already in play in China. It uses um, CCTVs and other security cameras all around the country and it uh the government already uses it uh, to notify the police um with pictures of criminals so what they've used it for so far is um how it works it it it's linked it's hooked to um the criminal database over there and anytime someone's wanted for a crime or whatever these this AI uses, it taps into all security cameras, all cameras that are public, publicly placed. 
and even some privately owned ones, and it scans everybody until it finds the criminal that it's looking for or the person that it's looking for, and it's the AI itself. This is not human-controlled at all. And if you think this sounds like something out of a science fiction movie, I do too. However, this is real life, and this is really happening. It's really going on in China right now. The AI itself, once it finds the face of the criminal it's looking for, it's, it takes a picture of that criminal. It sends it to police that are nearby, in nearby locations, and it alerts the police to say, hey, this guy's, uh, that's that's wanted is right here. You know, uh, it tracks the criminal at the same time while it's notifying the police on their cell phones with the picture of the criminal and with the information of the criminal and uh, so that the police can go and capture this criminal. And it's that accurate, folks. Um, it can pick you out of a crowd of two billion other people, not million, billion other people. Think about that. In less than a second, it can find you in a crowd of 2 billion people. And uh, Sophie Richardson, uh, the China's Director of Human Rights, warns that it is being used to invade people's privacy and target dissents. Uh, so people who are not necessarily on board with the, the dictatorship over there or the leadership, I'll just say, over there in that country or uh, some of the things that are being done over there. She says that this program is used to target those individuals so that the Chinese uh, police can arrest people who are speaking out in opposition or who, who hold opposing views to the political regime over there, and they'll be uh, locked up. Not only that, but she says that it's invading people's privacy over there, and the Chinese government has already issued a statement saying... Um, People who are traveling abroad, uh, so foreigners who are coming into the country in China, are being uh, watched by these by this AI, and every single new face that shows up is being uh, collected and sent to a database for storage, so that the AI can uh, recall your information. So what it does is, for people who are just traveling on vacation to China, uh, it this AI is taking pictures of the new faces that are coming into the country and it's matching it to their passports and their identification cards. So it's storing all their information on who this person is and what their face looks like. So in case they commit a crime while they're over there or in case they want to use it for something else, uh, they will have this recall data so that they can, they know who you are immediately already. And so that the AI can recognize you and pick you out of a crowd of 2 billion people even if you're just visiting on vacation. Isn't that wonderful, folks? So that's one of the things that's going on. Um, that's in China, and like I said, the name of the AI software is called Dragonfly Eye. It's pretty scary to me to think about that, um, especially the fact that it was really developed here in California and in uh, Massachusetts, uh, the Institute of Technology. That's pretty scary, folks. Um, they it actually some of this stuff was developed over here, and the uh, small population that it was being tested on at first um, complained and said be, that it was being used to target um, immigrants for the ICE program. 
which is why they moved it to China and allowed China to test it on its people. Pretty scary stuff, people. The next one I want to talk about is Japan's AI algorithms. It's to identify crime hotspots. It takes data from criminology databases, geographical uh, databases, um, weather conditions, and social media databases. All of those things are linked into this AI's algorithm. And it's used to predict where and when crimes might take place. Uh, the human rights activists over there warn that it is used to target minority regions and also warns that police and governments uh, are overstepping or overreaching. So, again, everywhere these are being implemented, the human rights people are already warning and complaining that this is an overreach of government and police, which it is. I mean, by far and in large, it is. I can understand where the police are coming from for wanting to uh, target or to wanting to find out where they could best place police officers in case something might happen, especially in these times where we have bombings taking place. We have people being run over with vehicles and mass shootings. It's it's almost understandable, but at the same time, it's like how far reaching is this program and how, how is it really being used? Because this is all the information that they're releasing to the public. That There's always more going on behind the scenes than the public is allowed to know from any government. But sort of sort of like the China's AI, but it's a little bit different use. So it's it's used to tell police um where these hot spots might be for criminal activity. Uh it says trial by trials by police will launch April 2018, so this month, this year. And they're doing it in preparation for the 2020 Olympic Games. So, like I said, there's some understanding there. Like, I, I get where they're coming from and why they would want to use it. It's just a little scary as to how far this might actually go. And the fact that, once again, these things are being developed over here in America and being tested on other countries. That says a little bit of something to me right there. It's like they fear, they know that the American people won't stand for it and they'll stand up and say something about this. And uh, we won't stand for it. So they test it in other countries where the people aren't so free to speak out against it or really do anything about it. I don't know that we would do a lot about it here because the people have become so passive. If it's not if it's not backed by George Soros money, <laughs> I mean, check into it, people, if you don't know. Black Lives Matters uh, funded by George Soros. I mean, this, these are facts. This is not a conspiracy theory. These are, these are facts. If you check into it, you can find it out. Vox is uh, tied to George Soros funding. Um, the feminist uh, rallies are tied to George Soros money. Um, I mean, pretty much any modern-day Antifa is backed by George Soros. I mean, any of these people who have been rioting lately and causing dissension in America is backed by George Soros funding. So it's a little crazy. But other than that, you really don't have many people speaking out, and that's what's kind of scary. The next one I want to talk about is the HEART um, program. And what HART stands for, H-A-R-T, is Harm Assessment Risk Tool. 
This one is even scarier to me. It is an AI's risk prevention, and it is used in Durham, uh, UK. So it's in the UK. It's used to weigh the potential of repeat offenders. It will decide whether a person will be released or held in custody. So once you are arrested on a crime, whether you actually committed it or not, based on whatever crime you're uh, alleged to have committed, it's not going to be people who decide whether you are released or held in prison. It's going to be some computer program. Do you really trust your fate and your freedom and on a, a, the gamble of a computer program? Do you think computers are really that smart, that much better than human decision-making? They lack empathy, people. They have no heart. They don't understand what may go on in the human mind. Um, and they don't take circumstance into consideration or anything like that. It's completely unfeeling, unloving. So I don't trust my freedom to an AI's algorithm. All right. But I will read on um, from 2008 to 2012. It was it was used. Uh, it used records in criminal databases and re of repeat offenders. And on the BBC channel, Sheena Irwin, I hope I'm saying that right, um, of Durham, head of criminal justice, said, and I quote, I imagine in the next two or three months, we'll probably make it live to support officers' decision making. That's a quote from her, the head of the criminal justice department. In December 2016, police in Lanchester uh, tested an AI imaging system called Halo, which is so powerful it can identify someone from just a tiny part of their face sh um, showing, such as an ear, a forehead, or a nose. It can pick you out and identify you by just that small piece of your face. I don't know how much I believe that. That's what's reported um, by the Lanchester Police Department. So, in the same month, Dubai police uh, police force deployed criminal prediction software which analyzes patterns from police databases to spot when and where an event might occur, sort of like we're seeing in Japan. Stanford researchers predict that predictive policing will be heavily relied upon by 2030. So imagine that, people. In less than 10 years from now, we could have um, these things are basically becoming our master. What they're doing is creating a, a AI overlord to police the world. And with it being able to pick out one face in two billion people, it's not going to be very hard for it to do that. I mean, just think about that. I mean, even if you're hiding in the shadows somewhere, lurking in an alleyway, trying to escape the CCTV cameras or the security cameras that are on the main streets and the main roads, um, if it even catches a glimpse of your ear, there's a possibility that it knows who you are. That's kind of frightening. That's terrifying, okay? So that means with the coming system... Okay, now I want to get into this, okay? So I said that I am linking this to the false prophet and the beast system and uh, the mark and the image of the beast, right? 
here's how it all ties together for me. Um, the false prophet. So it's someone who speaks from a prophet is someone who speaks God's word. It takes the word of God and it relays it to the people. And a false one is not speaking from God, but is trying to speak on the same authority, the same level. And it's a lie, right? And this false prophet works in unison with the beast system and the Antichrist. They also make an image to the beast um, that it will make people, it will force people to worship the beast or else it will kill them. It will cause them to be killed. It says it will make this image be able to walk, right, and talk and speak. Uh, talk and speak are the same thing. But um, So this image, right, the image, the false prophet, the beast, and the antichrist. So the false prophet, I'm saying, is these predictive programmings, because what does a prophet usually do in Scripture? It usually predicts the future for what's going to happen it, in one of two ways. Either it's a positive future if the people repent and turn back to God and do the right thing, or it's a, a downfall of a civilization if they refuse to repent, if they refuse to listen to God. So it's a warning about the future. Um, these AI programs are being used to predict the future, and whether they're accurate or not, these police departments and the government authorities are going to rely on an, a computer to um, make that decision for them. So it won't be a person who's letting you out of prison or putting you into prison. It's going to be an AI program that selects you out of a crowd based on your social media, based on um, possible criminal history, um, based on your... When, you, when I say social media, I mean everything. I mean... What you watch on YouTube, if you're a gun fanatic and you love videos about guns, but you'd never heard a fly, you, you have no evil intention, you have no criminal background, and you don't plan on hurting anybody else, but you're just a gun lover or a gun enthusiast, and you love to watch gun videos, you love shooting your guns, or whatever else, these AI systems are going to select you as a threat to government, as a threat to um, people, and they will end up uh, using things just like that, just your videos that you like and that you play all the time, that you watch, whatever you go to online, whatever you post in your social media, they're going to use it to target anyone who's going to step out of the bounds or the guidelines of whatever they deem to be a threat. And if, I don't know if whoever's listening now has listen to my podcast on uh, my episodes on the second amendment and the history of gun control but any totalitarian um leader is going to deem you as a threat if you are for defending yourself and if you're if you love your country and the freedom that is uh is encompassed that is imparted to you through that that country and how it was set up the foundation of our constitutional rights are already under threat and they're trying to be taken away from us the freedom of speech through the censorship of social media through the censorship of youtube through the censorship of google through the censorship of all internet of things and what you're even allowed to say and do in public anymore i mean if you 
if you strictly go based on science, there's a woman and a man, a boy and a girl. Now you're now you're out of the lines of what um, society has deemed right and fit for you to talk about. So now you have to watch what you say. You have to watch what you call people, even if you're calling them by the correct term. You could be um, in trouble. You could be sued. You could be put in jail. It's already happening in Canada. If you refuse to call somebody by their proper pronouns, you will be fined. You will be imprisoned. You will you will be thrown in jail. So um, there's similar things going on in the UK and in other places in the world right now. It's becoming very, very strict out there. And it's chaotic because it's not even a type of strict or restriction that's like, common sense or um, where you just follow the rules, but these rules are becoming more and more impossible to be able to follow because it changes by the day. I mean, there's so many, look up genders out there, all the different possible genders or the gender spectrum out there now. It is insane and nobody can keep up with these things. If that becomes a law, if that becomes something that we have to try to abide by, people won't talk to each other anymore because you won't know how to address someone or get their attention. I mean, because it may be a crime to try to do so. It's getting ridiculous. And um, so I'm saying that these AI programs, once they combine these things into one little godhead, small g, um, which they're trying to do. I mean, scientists even admit it. They have a they have a religion now of AI where they worship AI as a godhead. I mean, that is a real thing. It's serious right now. These scientists are losing their minds, and they think that they're creating something that will be super intelligent and that it is worthy of our worship. And that is exactly what I'm talking about. Because when they put this computer, the when they put the whole thing together with the AI, because the AI is linked in a cloud. And um, none of this, I know that sounds like a rant, but none of this that I'm telling you is beyond your research. You can go out there and you can look it up. They have admitted that um, things like Sophie the Robot, um, I know almost everyone's heard of her. And uh, they said that she is linked to an AI cloud. So this cloud is linked to everything online. And whatever one robot learns, she learns automatically. She has access to that information through that cloud. It's used for that deep learning program. So any of these AIs that are learning these abilities and that are connected to any of these databases, whether it's in one country or another, it's on the Internet. And that is worldwide. That is not selective of one country. That is the entire world. So whether it's in Japan, whether it's in China, whether it's in Dubai, whether it's in any of these other countries, it does not matter because this AI, the overall AI that they have selected as their godhead, will be able to access any of those databases, any of that information. They will all be linked together in one huge cloud. It'll be one huge brain for that AI. That is the false prophet. It's going to become the beast system itself it is going to police the world and the image of it is going to be a robot it is going to be um whatever body that they want to that it wants to use uh to embody that mind 
that um, computer, that AI Godhead. So it is going to be the beast. It is going to be the image of that beast. And it is going to be the false prophet all in one. And it will cause all who will not worship it because this is how they've raised it. Whenever it was just starting out, they compared it to a child and they said uh, most three-year-old children have abilities, learned abilities already that the AI doesn't have access to. So they compared her to a childlike mind um, just starting out. But the more and more they place these algorithms and these these AI, these pieces of AIs, they embed them all around the world in different countries. The more they learn, the more databases that they can bring, they can collect information and data from, the smarter this thing becomes because, like I said, it's all connected. And people don't necessarily think about this because we, we say, oh, well, that's in this country or that's in another country or that's in some other country. It's not just in one country. It's not a locale. It, it is worldwide. Whatever country implements this is just one part of the same mind, the hive mind, that this AI will have part in. The mark of the beast is going to be the RFID chip. It's going to be, it may not, it won't be the original that's being used most frequently now. But it won't matter. All of them are going to be linked to the same thing. And it is going to be linked to the beast. It, don't, it won't matter whether it's a smart tattoo or whether it is a, an actual chip that is embedded under your skin. It's going to be some kind of mark that has this technology involved with it. And it will be automatically linked to this AI cloud. Because anything that's on the internet is linked to the AI. I mean, it has the ability, even though it seems paranoid of me to say I'm, I'm not scared of it, I'm not worried about it at all, but um, if it wants to, the AI could listen to my podcast, it can listen, it can watch my Facebook, it can listen to my YouTube channels, everything that we're doing. Do you wonder why, if you're talking about something with a friend or with your family, it pops up on your YouTube recommendations or in your email? automatically in your g your gmail there in your gmail is like a vacation say you're talking about going on a vacation with a friend now you get a an email that talks about that same vacation spot or a list of vacations that you can take with a deal on it you know and you say oh well that's weird you know it's just some coincidence to you but it's not a coincidence at all they do that because they are listening to us on a daily basis. They are listening to us. They are watching us. They have microphones. They have cameras on us all the time. And your Twitter, your I mean your your Facebook, your Snapchat, your Instagram, all of that, your regular camera on your phone, it uses facial recognition. That facial recognition is part of the same AI algorithm that helps the dragonfly eye pick out one face out of two billion people when it needs to. It's the same algorithm. It's the same uh, facial recognition software. It's just updated. It's just stored in a larger database of things, and it's linked to a criminal database as well. We see things a step at a time. We, we compartmentalize. So when we hear about this event, oh, it's, it's this one thing over here, and it's a single event. But when you're talking about AI, when you're talking about 
technology, it's all linked together. It's all interlaced. There is no singular event. It is all one thing. You, we are growing a massive body of an entity that we have woken up, that we have awakened, and scientists that have helped create this thing and are trying to develop bodies to embody this mind already worship it as a god. It sounds kooky, it sounds crazy, but in the age of information, it's not hard for you guys to go out there and look these things up. It's not hard for you guys to look into this, and it shouldn't be very hard for you to connect the dots on what I'm telling you now. If you think about the fact that we have these radio frequency identif identification chips, um, RFIDs, that people have already been linking to the mark of the beast, which it is, because it's, it's going to become, and you think about this, this chip, you think about the chips in your credit cards, that's testing and helping get the kinks out of the RFID, what it will become. Those credit cards with those computer chips on it, and, and more so than just working the kinks out of the system, um, everywhere you go to shop now, the first question the teller asks you at the desk is, do you have the chip? Do you have the chip? They don't ask, does your card have the chip? They ask you, do you have the chip? It's to help implement, it's, it's to help shove that thought into your mind. It's to help brainwash you and help program you and get you used to being asked, do you have the chip? Do you have the chip? And then think about this. Um, it's your, your cryptocurrency, bitcoins, any other form of cryptocurrency. It's all online. It's all digital. It's not a real form of money. It's not a physical form of money is what I mean. It's, it's real, but it's not physical. It is a digital, um, currency and, and they're all moving towards that. If you look at India right now, they don't, most of the time they don't even have paper money anymore. They stopped printing it. It's hard for foreigners to get back out of the country or get food while they're in the country. They have the lines for the ATM just to withdraw $20 takes more than a day because they don't have access to paper money anymore because they're all moving towards digital currency. This is going to be linked to your chip. It's going to be linked to that mark as well as all your information. And, and all of that is going to be linked to the AI system which is going to police the world. They're making an overlord that won't be a human being, but it will be this AI system. Now I want you guys to think of the last thing that I want to bring up today. I want you to think about this. What does scripture say about what our war is? What do we war against? Is it flesh and blood or is it spirit? What is a spirit? Is it not energy? If, if a demon can possess a human body, it is an energy form that exists outside of a flesh and blood form, but can take control over it. It can manipulate it, its energy systems, its electrical grid. Think about this. If it can do that with a human being, a biological entity, could it not then take possession over this 
AI godhead, could it not then take possession over this electronic system, this purely electronic system that will that will have its own um, embodiment? And I and I want everybody to think about this. The one challenge for the Antichrist, the one thing that the Antichrist represents the most is the embodiment, the incarnation of Satan himself, of the devil. What better way than for him to embody a a physical body that never dies, it's, it doesn't get old, it doesn't get tired, it doesn't sleep, it's a machine. It doesn't care. It doesn't feel. It's cold. And snakes are cold-blooded. The serpent. I just I just want you to think about that. Isn't that awful funny how the world's moving nowadays? And, and why everyone thinks that it's the mark of the beast, the RFID chip. Let me just clarify that to the non-believers out there who may be listening. Everyone thinks it's the mark of the beast because Revelations says from a prophecy over what is probably over a thousand years old now, um, Haman foretold that you would have to take this mark in your right hand or in your forehead and able, in order to be able to buy or sell anything. That means no groceries. That means no water. That means no food, no electricity, no housing. Nothing without having this mark. You will you will essentially become an outcast of society and live on the brink and will probably be the first ones rounded up and and tossed into an internment camp and murdered. I mean, that's just a reality of it. But this is in a prophecy in Revelations foretold from long ago. And now we're seeing it come to fruition. Now we're seeing it happen today. It is going to be linked to digital currency, and digital currency is going to soon become the only form of currency that's accepted, which means your your gold, your silver, your paper dollars, any quarters, and any other kind of money is not going to be accepted. It won't do you any good if you have a billion dollars in paper cash. It'll be useless. Throw it in a bonfire. Keep yourself warm. That'll be all it's good for. Because if you don't transfer that into digital currency, you'll have nothing. You'll be homeless. And why would a system that's so controlling, that's supposed to be overrun by a dictator such as the Antichrist, which, by the way, everyone says that any prophecy that they've had, any dream or vision that they've ever had of the Antichrist, he's supposed to be a perfect-looking human being. He's supposed to look so perfect, and he's supposed to be so charismatic. And he's supposed to have the answers to everything, all the problems that we're facing in the world, not just in a country, but in the world. And it's supposed to be a system that is based on a world order. And you think about this, it would be easy for him to look so perfect if it's a manufactured uh, robot. I mean, human beings have flaws. Even the prettiest person has some kind of flaw. I mean, they may have a... They may have a spotless face that may just be the most beautiful or handsome thing you've ever seen. Their body may be perfectly chiseled or shaped or curved, but then they take off their sandals or their shoes and they have ugly toes. I mean, (laughs) 
human beings have flaws, okay? We have something that can be considered a flaw. No matter how perfect you may look, even the most beautiful stars have some kind of flaw, okay? However, if you design a machine, it'd be easy to slap a face on it that looks perfect to uh to do anything. And if this machine is able to learn and it and becomes smarter than human beings and it has access to all of our thoughts, which we post all day long, every day on social media, it has access to the way we think, it has access to the way we speak, it has access to the deeper viewpoints of how we view the world, our world views. It has access to our religious beliefs. It has access to the things that we do on our free time that entertain us and and the kind of music we like, the kind of sounds that are soothing to us. Uh, everything, I mean, everything about us, more than we pay attention to of ourselves. It would be easy for it to be so charismatic. Easy. Um, and apart from that, it won't think the way a human thinks. It'll, it'll think uh, the way a machine thinks. It, it'll be strategic. And um, I just want you guys to think about that for a second. I thought it was a little crazy to myself, and I thought it was a little interesting. And the more research I did on AI and how it's being implemented in other countries, it's being used more and more for policing. And like I said, knowing with the knowledge that even Sophie, the robot, is able to have access to the AI cloud, which all these algorithms and AIs are linked to out there. That means she knows everything they know. That means when that AI program is selecting a face out of the crowd of 2 billion people in China, or the AI in Japan is picking out the hotspots for criminal activity and where police need to be placed, that means Sophia is able to link into those AI programs in those other countries and see what they're seeing, learn what they're learning, figure out what they're figuring out, which means it'll be easier when the overtaking of humanity comes down to the, the AI's uh, leadership and rule. It'll be easy for them, her or, her or them, whoever becomes the embodiment of this AI program because it has no gender, really. Um, Whatever AI program is embodied in this image, it'll be easy for it to strategically place um, military, whether that becomes a robot military or not, which, by the way, China is already doing. 95% of their people are in tech and in AI um, learning programs in their schools right now, and they don't want any other kind of technician. They don't want any other kind because they're competing with the United States for a robotic military, for an AI military. They don't want human beings anymore. They want robots because robots don't think, they don't feel, they follow orders. And they can do it on their own. They do think, I guess, but just in a different way. They're programmed. So when they need to pick out a threat or when they need to compete, it's easy for these militaries, uh, for these generals to be able to go tell a select group of robots to go out and identify this as a threat and take care of it, neutralize it, um, and they'll just do it. They'll just follow orders. And they don't die whenever you shoot them. You'll, you'll have, it'll be a lot harder 
to compromise the systems that keep these robots running and up and going. I mean, you know, you just, I'm thinking of Terminator now, but, you know, it could be very hard to neutralize a robot and especially an army full of them when they come for you. And I, I hear people out there right now being smart Alex, like throw water on them, spray them with a <laughs> spray them with a fire hose and it'll be over with. I don't think it'll be quite that easy. I mean, we have waterproofing systems now. I mean, think about it. We can seal pretty much anything. There are computers that run on uh cooling systems that are hydro uh you know, that are water based cooling systems that run inside of your technology now today. And it's simple, and it's super easy to seal it up to keep it from frying your computer. And they could do the same thing to protect these uh, robots from water. So it won't be just that easy. If you're going to design a robotic military, you definitely don't want them to all crap out on you as soon as it rains. I mean, <laughs> come on, think about it, people. But uh, that's what I want you guys to think about today because I did some research in it and maybe you should too. But like I said, it's already being used in a lot of countries and um, it's already being used and uh, taught by dictatorships to um, silence opposition like in China. It's a pretty scary thought, but it's a pretty scary world we live in today. Whether it's people or computers, we have to be afraid of. Um, either way it goes, it's becoming very, very um, scary how close um, everything is starting to fulfill prophecy of the end times. It's pretty scary, folks. Uh, that being said, I'm not trying to freak you guys out, but it is a thought to entertain. Um, I think it's an important one because we have to start asking ourselves as human beings, where are we going to fall in the category of the world to come? You know, are we going to become obsolete? Are we going to mesh with technology and blend ourselves in with it? Are we going to take this uh, neural link or neural lace that Elon Musk has come up with and put a freaking uh, internet or a neuro lace over our brains and encase our brains in technology so that we can become super smart too and link to the internet automatically? Are we going to take computer chips in our hands so that we can simply have something to eat and food and clothing? I mean, or are we going to have an outright rebellion in a civil war or a world war? I mean, it's pretty crazy to think about, but my time's almost up, guys, and that's what I wanted to say today. Um, tell me your thoughts and um, ideas on this. Hit me up on any of my social media or comment on here. Uh, that is Son of Man. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, love is all I send, and it's all I accept in return. Peace and positivity.